welcome back to another episode of You Press Play News. My name is Natalia. I am the news editor. I'm Jillian. I'm the editor-in-chief. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm a staff writer. <laughs> and? And, uh, a social media manager. <laughs> I was like, Michael, you're forgetting the other part. Um, I'm sorry, it's still so new to me. <laughs> and on today's episode, and on today's top, my goodness, and on today's topic list, we have study abroad programs, a Miami school now allowing vaccinated workers, Florida surgeon announcement, and India's COVID cases. So study abroad programs have, of course, been put on hold over the past year due to the pandemic, but that is slowly changing. So FAU works with a third party organization called Education Abroad, and students are now able to sign up for trips with them. Now, typically, uh, FAU and Education Abroad, as well as well as all these other third party organizations that they're kind of affiliated with, um, they usually will host faculty led trips. So let's say like, you know, I know some of our journalism professors might take us like to London or whatever it is. So um, Usually there are faculty-led trips, but these are on hold at least for the summer 2021 semester, and there's not really an update yet as to when those will continue, so we'll have to see what happens. Well, definitely a good idea, though, for, for now, at least. Yeah. I know that that's, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that's a, a super cool opportunity, but, like, we can't be going anywhere right now, <laughs> for sure, you know I mean? Uh, I, I did see, though, that, like, they're starting to allow, like, European travel uh, if you're fully vaccinated. I saw that this week. And um, so this might be something in the future that might come back sooner than we think, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if they started doing this more head-on, like, in the fall, to be honest. Yeah, so I know the European Union, they said um, any, you, any person in the United States that vaccinated will be able to go to, uh, will be able to visit the European Union, any other countries um, this upcoming summer. Like, I kind of feel bad for like the students who didn't get to like study abroad because I know that's like, something like study abroad is like something so big and it's something like so, so many students like wish to do and it's like expensive and everything like that. So I, you know, as much as I am kind of upset about like kids that will be able to study abroad and stuff, I am kind of happy that they are sort of finding a way to still get some type of study abroad experience. So, so some type of abroad experience that they can at least, you know, you know, maybe they didn't get to study abroad in college, but they got something, you know, something different. Does anyone know what the, uh, what the places were? Uh, that, that they were studying abroad. Usually I know they know that ahead of time, like what countries or what, what uh, places. Like over the summer? Does anyone know like where they were going? Like when they got shut down, like I assume COVID first started. I remember at Broward I'm, College, they um, had that list. I'm pretty sure there was like one London trip, I think that was supposed to go that they didn't, yeah. they didn't get to do. Eileen was supposed to, um, Eileen was hosting a study abroad in London with a different, um, different multimedia professor. I don't, I forgot his name, but I know it was going to be like a double faculty led and I know they canceled it. I mean, yeah, it, it sucks though, for sure. Like for anyone that wanted to do it, I, I'm personally not interested. I've, I've done enough traveling for my life, I think so far, but um, I feel really bad for anyone that really looked forward to that because I, I, you know, last year when this whole thing started with COVID started, 
they, those guys probably got screwed the hardest. Uh, you know what I mean? They might have been ready to go or even in a foreign country when it when it popped off. But I, I do think that this might come back sooner than we think, just because, like like Natalia said, the European Union was saying that if you get your shots, we'll allow you into the European Union. You know what I mean? So. Uh, and that would uh, well, that wouldn't include London right now, I don't think, but maybe somewhere else or somewhere else around the globe, someone will want to go. Um, I always would I would want to go somewhere in like Asia, I feel like, but I don't know. Yeah, so I know last year, right when the pandemic was happening, I know a lot of universities were sending their students back from um, different countries. So I know if they were like in a very in a country that was having like very COVID. Um, cases they were like sending them back or I know some students or I don't know but I heard some students like they would go to study abroad and then not even like two weeks later they'll be like oh no you have to come back yeah that's what I'm saying that that would have been like the worst because that's like some people's dream is to like go and like study somewhere uh cool and exotic that's not like the U.S., like it's like how many, how often do you get a chance to like leave the country? I, I've only been to Canada, so <laughs> and and I don't know, it's not that different, you know. So, um, but like I said, hopefully anyone that uh, missed out on it will be able to do it maybe in the fall, maybe in the spring if they don't graduate, you know. But it, the sad thing is about it is, is that there's probably kids that graduated and stuff that missed out on it completely. So. Yeah, I would suspect that they'll have the programs like up and running in the fall, definitely at, by like next spring at the latest, but I wouldn't be surprised with how adamant the school administration is about getting back to normal. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they started doing this as soon as possible. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. They they seem like they want to get this as close to normal as possible. And, and, and in some cases, I feel like that's kind of... Um, misguided but I don't know what what we're going to look like in August or September or whatever you know um I don't want to be too pessimistic you know um but we'll just have to see yep so I'll go ahead and do the Miami school so this past week uh Miami charter school Centenar Academy came under fire as news organizations reported that the school would not employ those who have been vaccinated against COVID-19 during a Zoom conference with faculty and staff, Lira Center, co-founder of the school, said she was not okay with people who have received the vaccine to be working at the school. According to the Miami Herald, during the call, Center said, and I quote, today and going forward to people considering getting the vaccine, I'm not okay with you being at the school. I'm not comfortable with you being around kids, end quote. During one point on the conference, she also told a story of an unidentified woman who had severe side effects after her parents got the vaccine and shed had spoken to who are also unidentified about the vaccine and came up with the conclusion, and I quote, whoever is taking the vaccine is part of the experiment. I can now allow, I can, I can't allow us and the kids to be part of that experiment, end quote. According to the New York Times, Center informed employees that if employees choose to get a shot before the end of the school year, they would have to stay away from the children. According to a CBS4 Miami video, reporter Jim Defeaty said that Center seems to really enjoy the publicity and that she always wanted the platform as crazy as it can be, views and ideas. So I wanna know, what do you guys think about 
this whole entire situation with the Miami Charter School? I mean, I, I don't know if it's a publicity stunt. I, I, I the idea that you, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but um, she said she doesn't want people that are vaccinated around the kids as if you can catch that. You know what I mean? Like you can catch the vaccine. You can't catch vaccine. That's not contagious, but it it, it sure seems like being stupid is nowadays. Um, but I, I just can't believe that. Well, I can believe it actually. Just I don't I don't even know what to say about this actually. Um. It just seems like rampant, like anti, like intellectualism. I, I, I wouldn't expect this from a teacher. I wouldn't expect this from a public employee. Well, charter school, that's like a private school, right? You have to get in. Yeah, okay. yeah it's private. So, even then, I wouldn't expect it from someone that has to be around someone's children. I, I, I don't get the idea of if you get vaccinated, you're not coming to this school. Like we, it's like they're making like a plague ward instead of a school. It's really weird. It's really strange. It's gonna get people sick. It's probably gonna, could kill people. I, it, I guess that's why I said I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, but it's so absurd that this sounds like something that would be on the onion, honestly. Uh, and if I was a teacher or if I was sending my kids to this school, I would probably withdraw them. Yeah, it's really crazy. And I was reading a New York Times article from this and they talk about how I think she made a statement at one point saying that it's not like the school is not anti-vax and they're not anti-vax. They just don't trust this one. Um, but and the New York Times didn't provide any specific examples, but they do say that she Miss um, Setner, the woman who you know runs the school, she posts like anti-vax posts on Facebook. So it's definitely just part of this misinformation campaign that seems to really be alive on the Facebook platform. I was going to say too, she said, uh, I just reread where she said, I can't allow people to be part of the experiment. Is this referring to like some type of like microchipping thing? Or, well, or it's, she's calling it an experiment because you know, people who have the thought process, they don't think that the vaccine has been tested enough. So it's like an experiment because they don't think that, <laughs> they just don't think that they have actually tested the vaccine, so to speak. Like we're basically guinea pigs, according to this thought process. Yeah, that's kind of dumb though. Like I, I don't expect that from a teacher because all the, the, research they've done about this stuff you can read it it's all like public record about how many trials it's went through and stuff i think people get caught up on how fast we've got this vaccine in like <laughs> 16 months or so and they don't understand that this has had so many trials it's just been like kick-started you know what i mean so instead of doing however many trials in four years we've done them in in one and I mean, look how many people, not just in the US, but around the world have been vaccinated and, and nothing bad is really happening to a large segment of people. There are people that have allergies um, and some people that can't have vaccines and stuff like that. But like, I think it's been largely 99% pretty much. Like everyone's been fine. I got my first vaccine. I was all right. I mean, um, it's just a shame to see something like this, like a public figure, a teacher, someone we, we normally would trust, you know what I mean, to say something like this. Yeah, no, like, the vaccine itself doesn't cause, like, 
permanent problems that they know of at this point. Like I know someone, someone close to me who's immunocompromised, like they've gotten the vaccine, just the first dose of Pfizer and like they had side effects, but it's like, it's all temporary. It all goes away. Uh, and everyone, like you said, is affected differently by it. And like I said, they're immunocompromised, so their system is already pretty weak and they're going to react differently to begin with. So yeah, it, it, everyone's affected differently, but there's nothing that is permanent at this point. And like part of what they're talking about in this scenario is, I think, what was it, loss of fertility? Um, and I heard, I've heard that one. I think I've mentioned this before. I have an elderly family member who has told me many times not to get it because then I'll become infertile. Um, but this one is interesting. I haven't heard this version of it before where you can pass infertility on to other people. Uh, that's a new one for me. And there's just no scientific backing to that whatsoever. It's just not how vaccines work by any by any means. <laughs> Yeah, there's also the thing where there's this whole entire battle right now with like vaccine passports where, you know, here in Florida, DeSantis said, oh, um, pass like, oh, we're not going to be allowed to have like vaccine passports, which it's kind of like, okay, we like public places can't ask to see um, like if you got the vaccine or not, like we can't, we can't not allow like school officials, like, they, like a student to not come into the school if they haven't taken vaccine. Why is it any different for a school to say like, okay, if you're vaccinated, you can't come here. Like it, it completely, it's like even weird to like think about. It's kind of like, we can't, it's like, like we can allow people who aren't vaccinated not to come in, but they can allow people who are vaccinated not to go in. Like it just completely makes like no sense. Well, yeah. To be fair, like it, it is a charter school, so the rules are different. If this was like a standard public school, them sending out an email saying that vaccinated people could not actually be there, um, that would be a, a major problem. But because it yeah, is a charter school, they have more freedom. <laughs> it's just not a great choice. <laughs> it's not a great choice. And I was actually reading about the school last night. Actually, where I was um, writing this script I was reading about the school and I'm like oh my goodness this is kind of like you think it like you think that's just the basis of it it doesn't get any worse and then once you start reading everything else it's like oh no it gets worse like she had whatsapp like stuff like sending like people out like hey vaccine doesn't work da, 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 da. like she was sending out like links to this to like people in the school like hey don't get the vaccine don't get the vaccine yeah, and it's, it's one thing to do that, like, in your personal life, but to apply it um, to a, your professional life and affecting the lives of your employees and your students, and that's totally different. And, like, obviously, she thinks that she's she's coming from a good place, or at least that's what she's presenting. She's trying to, you know, keep students and staff safe, but it's just not founded in any science, and that's what makes this really sad is how many people are kind of falling into this trap where they're not trusting science. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's a good point you made about like, it, it, a lot of times, even people that seem irrational, they might, they think they're coming from a good place. And, but, you know, uh, and we like to say, well, that's just that person's opinion or whatever. But if the opinion isn't grounded in any set of reality, then it's really not an opinion 
it's a falsehood. You get what I'm saying? Like, um, like you brought up the fertility thing. I, I, uh, I saw that there, one of my friends is a nurse and she shared some academic papers that showed that there was no correlation between getting this vaccine and having fertility problems. Um, I would actually think getting coronavirus would probably more mess up your fertility problems because fertility for men and for women is, is, is fickle. You know what I mean? There's, you know, um, it's tied to your overall health and COVID-19 makes you very sick. So, um, I just don't get that part of it. Uh, we, we really have a misinformation thing. And I think it doesn't help that a lot of news and information on places like Facebook, it looks real, some of it, especially if you're not, like our parents didn't grow up with the internet. So something that looks completely bogus to us three might not to like my dad or like, like my dad showed me stuff that I'm like, you believe this? This isn't real. You know what I mean? And, uh, and like, they're, they're not doing it like maliciously a lot of the time. And it's like, uh, I just think that they don't have like the, the computer literacy or the media literacy that like our, our generation has. And not that we're always better either. I see stuff on TikTok from young people and stuff too, but yeah, just like I, I'm rambling. I know but. Oh yeah, misinformation on TikTok can be really bad. <laughs> but something I was gonna say that really grinds my gears about what the media does sometimes, and I'm gonna complain about the media, even being part of the media. But um, I, I've seen it happen in multiple times where, you know, I'm sure you guys, you know, probably recognize this, where when you're scrolling through social media, particularly like Twitter or even Facebook, and you see someone post an article, most of the time you just read the headline of that article, right? You're not clicking it, you're not opening it, you're not reading the full thing. Um, it's just, it's what a, a lot of people do. <clears throat> and what I've noticed is there are a number of papers that will publish an article with an insanely misleading headline. It'll be, um, student dies after taking the COVID-19 vaccine. And I'm like, oh my God, I open the article and then I see, oh, well, he, you know, had this other deadly illness and, you know, he just happened to get his vaccine or something, you know, like there's always another really obvious reason why um, an injury or death occurred. And instead they just, they make the headline extremely misleading and then they post it on social media. And most of the people who see that are not going to open it up and, and read to find out that there was another factor involved. And that, that really frustrates me. Uh, yeah, th that happens all the time, too, because I think it, a lot of big papers, the writer doesn't write the headline a lot of times. And I, I just read something the other day on like a video game website and, and its headline had like it like had the effect of messing up the point that the writer was making. Like the writer was making a really good point and the headline was so inflammatory and clickbaity that so many people were just going to read the headline, go right to the comments and get really mad without reading the, you know, the 12 paragraphs in between where she was making a very good point. So I was like, me and my girlfriend were both looking at it like, that's, so, that's sort of messed up that the editor, whoever wrote that headline, I mean, in one way it gets you clicks and, and money talks, but on the other hand, that that's like, it's harmful. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if the substance of the story itself isn't isn't misleading or isn't misinformation, the headline creates and feeds into this misinformation, which is a really big problem.
So next in other COVID-related news, the Florida Surgeon General this week, um, so the Surgeon General, he's the leader of the public health services within the state, and he stated that individuals who are fully vaccinated no longer need to wear masks in public, nor, they, nor do they need to continue to avoid large gatherings. The CDC still guides individuals who are fully vaccinated to continue wearing masks in indoor public spaces, and that also individuals should continue to avoid large indoor gatherings. So. He, comparing the two statements, the Surgeon General was kind of half right. Um, you know, he's saying you kind of don't have to worry about these things whatsoever. Um, that was my interpretation of it anyways, but the CDC, the CDC still strongly disagrees. Um, they are, they're taking the stance, and I think President Biden talked about it this week as well, that in outdoor spaces, you have a lot more freedom if you're fully vaccinated. But when you're still in these indoor public spaces, you still should be wearing your mask and you should still be avoiding the larger gatherings. Yeah, this this is uh, this was interesting when I saw this because it's contradictory to the national message on how we should be doing this. And like you said, if you're outside and you're fully vaccinated, you you have a lot more freedom. And, and you did already even before these guidelines. I read this thing that like they don't they think that mostly indoor stuff contributes to the cause of COVID and, and few cases come from outside, so outdoors. Um, but this is contradictory because the CDC is saying to still wear your mask, even if you're fully vaccinated, if you're going inside amongst people that are not vaccinated. You could take it off if you're with a bunch of vaccinated people, your family, whatever. But as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, but they want you to keep that mask on indoors for right now, even if you're fully vaccinated, whereas Florida Surgeon General is saying, no, you can take it off. You don't need to wear it. Now, my issue with this is that um, I, I do not trust the government of this state. I do not trust anyone who is close to Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think I said something like I, I'll do a kickflip off a mountain before I will listen to anyone that's that close to him. And I mean that uh, I will continue to wear my mask until the entire CDC or the WHO or a big body that is that I don't see as having a conflict of interest because Ron DeSantis has been trying to open up Florida for a while now. So I I, I kind of see this as like a conflict of interest as 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 one of you, you get what I'm saying like one of his guys. So um, I uh, I'm gonna wait to take my mask off until. I hear the all clear from the CDC, from the president, from medical experts, from Dr. Fauci, someone like that. This this alone doesn't make me any more comfortable taking my mask off in public. And, and I'm going to be fully vaccinated in a week, but I'm still gonna wear mine. Yeah, same. I'm still gonna continue wearing my mask just because even though I am gonna be like, I am taking my second vaccine this upcoming week, but I know it takes like two weeks for to get like the full, full uh, efficiency or full, full. Um, yeah, the CDC says off. you're not considered fully vaccinated until two weeks post your second shot or two weeks post your one shot if you're getting the Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, so I'm getting the two shots. So it's kind of like, okay, I have to wait two weeks. But even then, like I'm still going to continue wearing my mask because even though I might be fully vaccinated, my parents might be fully vaccinated, my brother might be fully vaccinated, but you don't know if somebody, you know, in, in like a public space might not be vaccinated, or you're not sure if they're like not vaccinated at all. So it's like, it, it's better for you to protect yourself and others 
then you not do any of that and take any any of the precautions like yes I'm still going to take like some precautions like you know continuing to hand washing everything like that but I'm not going to be so over that whole entire like so okay you have to do this aggressively you have to clean everything like that I feel like once you get the vaccine that the vaccine kind of eases that um that feeling of oh my goodness have to be cleaning everything every single time like you can be a little bit more lenient with it um but then there's also that thing like with indoor spaces you're not sure if the indoor space has um like um what you call like airflow I I forgot ventilation Um, like yeah ventilation ventilation. yeah yeah like ventilations like outside your nature your nature there's like air everywhere so it's like it's you can easily distinguish yourself outside as within like indoors it's kind of a lot harder to do that yeah you bring up a really good point because um you know i've said this before too but even when you're vaccinated like you can still get it you know the point is that if you do get it uh it'll be less severe and you're more likely to survive and come out relatively unscathed But you can also, not only can you still get it, you can still pass it on to other people, which is why like wearing the masks in these indoor spaces uh, and in public spaces is so important. Because like you said, Natalia, you don't know who else is vaccinated. You don't know who else is protected. You don't know who else is vulnerable. Because even if people are vaccinated, there are people who still are really vulnerable. If you have an underlying illness like asthma or any, or diabetes or anything else, you're still very vulnerable, even like even if you are vaccinated. So it's still it's about protecting yourself, but it's still about protecting other people. And that's what's really frustrating, like about all this stuff is like it's very um, it highlights individualism. And the bottom line is that, you know, in my head, we're a community and I I would like to feel like I'm safe in my community and I would like to make the other members of my community feel safe as well. And that's what's really frustrating. I'm sure you guys probably saw this week, like Joe Rogan on his podcast. Um, he made a statement saying that like, if you're young, don't get vaccinated basically is what his argument was. And of course, um, but then for good reason, there was a lot of media outrage over him saying that he has a very large audience and they trust what he says so he hosted his podcast again and he backtracked he said oh well i just meant like you don't need it um and then he was like oh well the media you know they're saying that it's to protect others but that's a different argument and i guess like that's what the that's what the cdc has been saying for the past year is that these measures not only protect you but they protect the people around you like this shouldn't be new news by any means it's a it's about keeping yourself safe and it's about keeping other people safe. And that's that's how it's always been <laughs> over the past year. That's how it's supposed to be. Uh, people just don't like to think that way. And something I thought was interesting as well, like after the fact was, well, I'm not a doctor. I don't know why people listen to me. I don't think I'm a good source of information. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, you have a very large audience who thinks you are a good source of information. So maybe you should keep that in mind to do your research next time. But yeah, it, it, it's all very frustrating. The, bo- the bottom line of what I'm saying is even if you're fully vaccinated, well, first, please get your vaccine. Um, if you're old enough to get your vaccine, please get your vaccine. Um, and, and if it's safe for you to get your vaccine, please get your vaccine. And continue to wear your mask. Even if you don't think it'll help you, you're, you're going to help out someone else. Yeah, this is the easiest way you can protect your community too. You know what I mean? Even if you get vaccinated, that that's 
that was the point I was going to make if you didn't. Uh, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is like one time in your life where you can really like do something for your neighbors, for your community. And um, I think people are really selfish with it. I mean, I'm not even from Florida. So, and, and, I, and I want to protect like the people that work in the stores I go to, the people that work in the restaurants I eat at, you know what I mean? And, and I think it's just like baseline sacrifice, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, because I mean, is, how much of a sacrifice is wearing a mask and getting a needle poke for 30 seconds? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's, it's really not if you really think about it. But um, I, uh, you know, and, and, and like you guys said, even with the vaccination, you know, it's, it's, it's good to keep the mask on. I was, I was at the mall the other day and there was a million people in the arcade and it's like, you don't know who's vaccinated or not. And it's like, I wanted to go in and my, my girlfriend had to pull me and be like, you're not going in there. So I was like, <laughs> God damn, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you got to make a sacrifice every once in a while. You know? But, um, but she was smart and she was right. And, and we should keep wearing them until we're, I know it might sound like an overabundance of caution, but it beats getting sick. It beats dying. It beats yeah, it, I mean, else. so many people die that it, it, it so many unnecessary deaths that some like such a simple act can could prevent. I don't think people realize too just how uh, crazy the death toll for this is now. It's at five hundred sixty seventy six thousand, and that's more than I checked it. That's more than World War Two, the Civil War. And World War One combined; those are the two. World War Two and World War One are world wars. With, uh, you know, so that's more Americans dead than all three of those wars combined, and that's just in one year. So, um, won't worse, but with uh, with vaccines, hopefully. But I don't know. Yeah. So, um, one little last thing about like the vaccine and stuff like that. Like, you know, like I'm you know, like me and my parents, like my brother, we're all going to be fully vaccinated when I go to Brazil and like I have my own like place in Brazil and stuff like that. But like, I'm still going to be taking the precautions because I know like, you know, like if you're traveling, you might have gotten the vaccine and you may be on the clear, but you don't know if people in that country had the same opportunity. And this is something my dad actually brought up. Um, he keeps bringing this up here. Here in the United States, we have the vaccine openly available if you want to go get it and you're you know you're 16 and above you can go get it in other countries they don't have that same like they don't have that same opportunity that we do here in the united states and so i feel like that's also something that people gotta keep in mind that you're not just you're not also protecting yourself but you're protecting the other people who haven't gone the opportunity to get the vaccine because in some countries they don't even have enough supplies yeah we're seeing that with india right now i, f I feel like that 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 segues into our last topic but th those people in india would probably you know fight tooth and nail to uh get some of the va unused vaccine doses I, I i don't know if you guys saw in the in the news uh about how there's people that are hesitant to get their first or second dose and and how a lot of clinics are closing because there's no demand and that's really sad considering what's happening in India and Brazil and places like that. And, and, and in America still too, but um, you know, we have a full blown like humanitarian crisis in India and in Brazil. And, uh, but here in, in, in our country where you can get this vaccine, we have people like turning their noses up at it. It's kind of crazy. And, and I think it really shows our privilege and shows how spoiled we are kind of in a way. Uh, but it's still sad to see because if you've seen the images on TV, 
particularly with India, it's pretty rough. Would you like to use that segue, Natalia? Yes. So I guess Michael kind of gave a little segue into our last topic, which is, of course, India's COVID response. So India has been suffering a devastating COVID-19 response. The world's second most popular country is now struggling to contain a second wave of the virus in the country. According to Reuters, scientific, adv scientific advisors set up by the government warned Indian officials in early March of a new and more contagious variant of the coronavirus. But despite that, four scientists said the federal government did not seek to impose restrictions to help curb the spread. On May 1st, the daily case of COVID was passed, was passed at 400,000 400, with a death toll of 211,853, according to CNBC. Experts are blaming mass religious gatherings and political rallies for the severity of the second wave, which caught the government unprepared. Short, shortages have been seen in the, countries, in the country, with families going as far as the black market to find oxygen for their loved one and makeshift funerals being built in parking lots as crematories are overflowing with bodies. According to the Wall Street Journal, starting Tuesday, May 4th, the United States will restrict travel from India, but it won't apply to US citizens or permanent, uh, permanent residents and their spouses. Other countries have also pushed the pause on travel from, from the country, like Australia, Philippines, Britain, Canada, and Singapore, to name a few. And from what I know is Australia is also not allowing their own citizens to come into the country. So Australia is cutting complete travel from India. And if you do, um, if you are Australian, uh, if you're a citizen of Australia and you do come back from India, I know there are heavy penalty fees. And from what I was looking up, there is, if you do come back from India and you are Australian national, um, you either get like fined or you get put into like five uh, prison. Yeah, th this is this is terrible. This uh, India thing. This is um, they're gonna they're gonna have the most cases and stuff in the world soon. They're the second most populous country in the world. Uh, a lot of people don't have access to uh, basic necessities there. From what I understand, there's a lot of poor people. It's very populous. It's not just the amount of people, but how many people live close together. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I can say about this other than it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and terrible. Um, I, I think, um, you know, they, they, uh, their leader, they thought they were ahead of this a couple months ago. I remember reading, he said that they, uh, his, his name's Modi, I think. Uh, he said that they, they had like beaten it. I don't know if that's the exact word that he had used, but they seem to be doing, it seemed, I guess, okay on the outside looking in. And then, then this has just exploded and they've, they passed Brazil now, I believe, and um, with our curve going down and stuff, they're probably going to be the epicenter of this virus soon, and uh, probably the right thing to restrict travel. But I think the U.S. should be doing anything it can to get. Uh, and I saw Kamala Harris say that that they were going to send anything they could, oxygen uh, machines, anything to help the people there. Um, you know, I, I would hope that people would donate and other countries around the world would help too as well, you know, because India is an ally of ours and they're an ally of a lot of other countries. So uh, hopefully that can help them get through this. But it just seems like uh, the pattern with these countries that have had like the worst responses, it's always like poor leadership or not transparent leadership enough. And it seems like that's what's happening in India as well. 
Uh, we saw it with Bolsonaro in Brazil and, and with Trump here for a little bit. And that I think that definitely harms uh, everyone involved. So. Yeah, you mentioned that the administration announced that they're going to start sending some aid and resources over there. And I really hope that they sincerely do that because I guess I'm just worried that it's going to be, and this is <laughs> the cynical of me, but like it's going to be more of like a, a PR kind of thing. Like they can say, oh, see, like we're doing something, but it, it's not really sufficient enough and it's not as much as what we can do. And, you know, me personally, like, I really believe in helping, helping when we can. And since we've been seeing a surplus in the vaccinations, I don't think we should have a problem sending stuff over. So I, I don't, I don't remember where I read it, but it was like, we're seeing a surplus, not just because people are denying the vaccine, but because we are seeing an increase of people who are getting vaccinated. Like, we just are seeing less and less of a demand. So... Uh, yeah, I, I just hope that we do provide some genuine help to the people over there before it's too late. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I was going to say, this is not something you can beat by yourself, this virus. It's a global pandemic. And I think that once Amer enough Americans are inoculated, the, con the USA needs to help its allies and other people as much as possible. Because we've seen with the coronavirus, this has become like a wealth issue. Uh, not just a health issue. If your country or your people have the wealth to get the medicine or to get the care, matters a great deal on how well you do as a country in relation to this. And we know India has a lot of poor people and, and Brazil does as well. And, and in the USA, we've seen that it, it hits our poor communities hardest. Um, so I, I think we need to do a better job of that. And when we you know, once we have taken care of our own here in the U.S. and if we have surplus, I think it's, I think it's sort of our duty to help because this is not going to go away for, it might go away here and drop here, but it's not going to go away forever until this is, everyone is inoculated. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I, I think that when at the soonest possible, if this gets out even more out of hand than it already is, we need to be having humanitarian workers, and, and it can't just be PR, it needs to be shots in arms, it needs to be ventilators, it needs to be anything possible to get these people, you know, back to themselves, because I, I kind of feel like it's a PR thing too as well, that's cynical, I, I think you said that as well, but I, I, you know, until I see it, that's just the way I feel. Yeah, and then this also kind of brings into you know, like if a country doesn't have the resources they need to be coronavirus or they don't have the vaccine, this allows more mutation for the virus. So then that makes the vaccine that we have here, you know, like it might not be efficient against the new virus, the new variant, sorry, not the new virus. Um, and so basically like uh, the fact that this is a, also a global pandemic, it's not just like a one country thing. It's a global thing that kind of, you know, if one country doesn't do their part, they could be the sole country that allows a whole entire new variant to um, explode out of the country. And then, you know, this new, new might not be capable of, um, not be capable, like the vaccine might not be capable of beating this new variant. So I think there's also that issue with countries that are, I shouldn't say countries, but like, like it's also like a governmental issue because it's kind of like 
if the government doesn't do anything, it just worsens the situation and it just drives the situation to a deeper hole. And we're going to be standing here for the next, like, like, yeah, coronavirus isn't going to go away. Like, it's always going to be here. But, like, if we are able to, like, vaccinate enough people, get enough immunity in people, that is what's going to help decrease the amount of, um, wait, well, decrease the amount of hospitalization, amount of deaths, because that is basically what we're trying to do with the vaccine, is try to make sure that, yes, like, even if you catch it, you're not going to die of it. Yeah, so I was just looking because I saw a video the other day. <laughs> I finally found it. It's a really great video from Vox, uh, V-O-X, and it says how rich countries are making the pandemic last longer. And what I remember most from that video is like they basically explain how, because you you brought up class and poverty, Michael, and I think that's a really great point. It, it talks about how basically the system for purchasing vaccines really puts poorer countries at a disadvantage. So that's a really interesting video. It's not terribly long, it's like eight minutes. Um, so if anyone else wants to watch it, I would strongly encourage it because it's really insightful. But even like on a smaller scale, I feel like we've seen that in this country. Um, first of all, it's a big problem with impoverished communities um, in terms of anti-vaccination propaganda and misinformation. It's a really big issue right now. And also within like rich communities we've seen it a lot with our politicians i felt like over the past year a lot of politicians saying don't take the vaccine don't trust the vaccine don't do this don't do that and then we see images of them getting the vaccine themselves and it, <laughs> it, it's just so mind-boggling to me it really is yeah so i guess we'll just have to keep keeping up up with you know what's happening in India and see what we go from here because you know this is there's gonna be more news coming out of this for sure in the next coming weeks we have reached the end of another episode of you press play news come back next week for more news and more information more discussions <laughs> <laughs>